Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. How's it going, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn with the GoLong newsletter at GoLongTD.com. Thank you so much for checking out our podcast, which is brought to you by Hamburg Brewing. Be sure to stop on by, drink some Hoptimonium, drink some Louie, a lot of great beers on tap as the uh, the weather changes and as the world opens up a little bit out of this pandemic. So I uh, can't thank them enough for supporting our podcast and can't thank you enough for listening to our podcast. Be sure to rate and review however, wherever you listen to your podcast. Today with Jim, we take a look at all of these quarterbacks at the top of the draft, and I think you'll love Jim's perspective. He's been watching these guys more than anybody, breaking the film down, and really kind of breaks down the pros and cons of each of those top five quarterbacks in light of the two massive trades that we just saw with San Francisco, Carolina, Miami, all of these teams kind of choosing their their path at quarterback. Um, now they got some decisions to make in the draft, so I think you'll enjoy it. Let us know what you think. And reach out anytime on Twitter at Ty Dunn or for Jim at Jim Monas 42. Thanks so much. How's it going, everyone? This is Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monas for another episode of the Go Long Podcast. Jim, it's it's been too long. I know a couple uh, loyal podcast listeners have kind of been on my case here the last few, rightfully so, rightfully so, just kind of getting down here in North Carolina, hanging with family, a little mini vacation, but we're making it happen. We're making it happen through the miracles, miracles of Zoom. You you need a vacation from your Friday happy hours. I mean, you've been putting out <laughs> you've been putting out some pretty big guests, some good content. So hey, you got to get your time away with your family a little bit. And I know you're still studying film and 
talking to people and just like I'm doing. So let's get at it and let's break this quarterback craziness down. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's, Hey, there's, it's, you're, you're always on, you're always on. I'm sure it's like that. It's like that for you now. I mean, you've been studying these prospects, you know, as yeah. much, if not more than all of the personnel guys running the show for NFL teams. So I'm really pumped for this episode. So just so everybody knows, um, we're going to get into all of the quarterbacks to the top quarterbacks that are in discussion, um, you know, at the top of the first round there with Jim Onis, who has been in that draft room with the Saints, with the Eagles, with the Bills. You've made these decisions. You've you've agonized over these decisions, Jim, and it, it's pretty wild. I mean, I, I think it's more out of necessity and, and teams just needing quarterbacks in the worst way, but you see, you know, a lot of quarterbacks going bang, 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 bang in all these mocks. Um, I don't think that's reflective of this being some historic draft class at the position. I could be wrong, but it, it, it's more out of teams just needing a quarterback, wanting to go all in on a guy, you know, and stay, kind of like stick that flag, you know, on, on, the, on, on the moon, you know, hey, this is our guy, this is what we're doing. Um, then maybe these guys being historic. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I really I want to hear what you have to say on on all five at the top. Well, Tyler, what's funny to me is like uh, this whole podcast that we started was started off of Patrick Mahomes, and <laughs> I think where it's led to, and I hope people understand is, and I think a lot of people in the NFL are starting to really understand this, but the whole football, the whole NFL is about the quarterback. Yeah, and you're realizing if you don't have one, you really don't have a chance. And we talked so much about Josh Allen making his step this year. Um, and it, to be honest, you know, I know that Brandon Bean and, and Sean McDermott get a lot of credit in Buffalo. But at the same time, if Josh Allen played like he did his first two years, this conversation we're having tonight isn't about, you know, it's where are the Bills picking and, and are Bean and McDermott good enough and should they be fired? And it's really that simple. If they hit yeah. on Josh Allen, so now we just anoint them as, you know, the know they know everything. And they've had misses on in the draft, and we've talked about that, especially on defense. But it goes to show you that the quarterback makes everything better, no matter what. And you see these teams trading up, and Jets getting rid of Darnold, Niners coming up to get their guy. And it's just fascinating to see, like, that these GMs are now – and head coaches, everybody knows it. They're not faking it anymore, is you've got to get a quarterback. If you don't have one, you better get one. I guess that's what I'm getting at. If you don't yep. have one of those top six or seven quarterbacks, you're hunting for one. And I don't care what Kyle Shanahan says about Jimmy Garoppolo at a press conference. He wants his guy, and that's why they just traded a boatload of picks to move up to three. I mean, we should start with the trades if you want to start there. It's But to your point, Jared Goff and Garoppolo were starting quarterbacks in the Super Bowl. Right. Not good enough. Not good enough. Like, think about that. Those teams don't want them. So, you know, that can be, you know, it, it's they know better than anybody, the people they're inside, and they probably felt like their team was better than their quarterback. Maybe they got to the Super Bowl, you know, they had a good quarterback but not an elite, and they feel like they have to go get one. So the Rams go get Stafford. Now the 49ers are coming up, and everybody says it's Mac Jones, and let's get into it because – yeah. Let's just start. I, I think the easiest way for me to do this would be, obviously, let's start with Trevor Lawrence. We know he's going number one. Um, I don't know how much you've seen of him, Tyler, but, you know, everything I've watched, he's 
he certainly is pure. I don't think this guy's a generational, um, <laughs> never seen before quarterback. I, you can't sit there and watch him and say he's better than Mahomes coming out when you see his throws that he makes or Deshaun. I mean, he's very talented for sure, but let's not kid ourselves. He needs development as well. Um, he takes a lot of hard hits. You know, he does make some bad decisions, you know, in an offense that isn't asking him to do a whole lot after that first read. What he is, what he can do is make every throw and make it look easy. And some of the throws he makes, they're special. And he does have that in him. And you just love his toughness and his energy, the way he plays the game. I love, and his release is quick. You know, he gets the ball out right on time, right on guys' shoulders. But I just feel like he's the best in this draft. But I do think he needs, you know, it's going to take some time. He's going to see some things he hasn't seen before in the NFL. And it's going to be really cool to see how, especially with Urban Meyer's offense in Jacksonville, how he and Urban and all that, that's going to be a fascinating story. I don't think it's as easy as just draft Trevor and we're going to be good. I don't think it's like that for him. That's a fascinating point, Jim, because that's what we're hearing ad nauseum right now, right? Every, Every network, every article, every mock draft, every ranking, it's that that's the one sure thing that Trevor Lawrence is maybe the best prospect of a generation, you know, if not second to Andrew Luck, you know, that there there's nothing wrong with him at all. That he's that he's perfect. That he's you know Peyton Pey- Manning with athleticism. That that that's what you hear right now. Every, everywhere. I haven't well you just said Jim, I haven't heard anywhere. Well, it's shocking to me that you can watch him and not see some flaws in his game with some of the forces he makes. And obviously they're playing, they're a loaded team um, all around him. And you don't want to take that away from him, but he does have games where you, you shake your head a little bit on some of his throws and interceptions. He, he does force the ball. And I still look at him and say, wow, there's nothing he can't do. I mean, he is athletic. Yeah. He is pure passing the ball. I mean, everything says he should be good. And I do think he's the best in this class. Do I think he's, you know, can I sit there and say it's a can't miss? No, you can't say that on him. But you certainly would take your chance on him, that's for sure. And I think Jacksonville's doing the right thing. I do. I love, I mean, I love watching him. I do. I'm just, I'm just trying to point out, I, I think there are things you have to study sometimes. And especially when you're watching these quarterbacks in college, really try to study the throws that are NFL type throws. You know, the throws that not everybody makes, the throws that maybe they're making or their, their coaches are asking them to make that other college guys wouldn't even be asked to make because they can't do it. And Trevor does that. You do see NFL throws. You see those whole shots down the sideline where he's just rifle, boom, right in the chest, in between coverage. He does that. But it's just there are things you see with him where he's not perfect, and nobody is. But I think the marriage between he and Urban Meyer's offense is what I can't wait to see because, to be honest, you know, scouting Florida all the years I did and then even Ohio State with Urban Meyer – He's never had a quarterback this pure. Yeah, He really has it that can throw like this and move around and do all the things you want to do. So I think that's going to be the fascinating thing to see how they really gel and, and come together. Well, well, I guess we'll look past, you know, you besmirching Tim Tebow in such a fashion. I mean, I'm, hey. I'm fighting like hell to make this a Tebow-friendly podcast, and, you know, you have to keep dragging his name through the muck and the mud can't drag it you got to respect him and everything he did can't drag it and respect it but you know there's a cutoff between being a great college quarterback or a system quarterback and a (laughs) a difference maker as a franchise quarterback 
man. Well, that, that that's a great point. I mean, yeah, you would take him number one. I think that's pretty obvious here. And I, I guess to answer your initial question, like my exposure to Trevor Lawrence was kind of like everybody else's in the nationally televised games. And, you know, he's been playing in championships every year, obviously. But we uh, – we actually took like a, a father-son trip out to, to Syracuse for a little homecoming game a couple years back. That was fun. Like with my brother, brother-in-law, my dad, and um, we want to make it a tradition. You know, obviously COVID kind of threw a wrench into those plans this year. But, you know, by the time kickoff rolled around, we were we were kind of hazy, you know. But we did, you know, there are some memories that stick from Trevor Lawrence that night from the top row at the Carrier Dome. Uh, he, to your point, I think that game – People can look it up. I don't have it right in front of me. You know, Syracuse is Syracuse. You know, there's a below 500 team. Um, but and Lawrence's final numbers were, you know, phenomenal. They ended Holy up blowing blowing right. him out. But early on, he had a couple turnovers. It was a little rocky. I remember at one point thinking, "This is the can't miss." I think that, to your point, it's kind of like that. There's here and there. There's just a play, kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit, and you're probably having the same thoughts that you had back when you're looking at Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, you know, with Watson and that offense, you know, how does that transfer over to the NFL? I mean, some of these guys are just so damn good. Of course you'll tear up your playbook for them, right? I mean, imagine that's what Jacksonville and Urban Meyer are going to do. They're just going to do whatever Trevor Lawrence wants to do and just try to make it work. I think that, and I think that's right by them. I mean, if they're going to put their faith in him like that, and and obviously he has shown everything you want to see in a franchise quarterback. And I really think there's three guys that I feel confident that that really should be the guy in the NFL. You know, you're number one. Trevor's one of them, and we'll get into these other guys. But to your point, I don't think all these guys are going to be, you know incredible quarterback the NFL. The history says that's not going to happen. But when you look at Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and to me, Justin Fields, it's hard to pick holes in their games. I mean, on a college level, what you're evaluating and everything you want to see in a quarterback, whether it's decision-making, footwork, toughness, uh, arm strength, accuracy, uh, elevating your team to the next level, those three all do that. Um, it, they really are very special, gifted, talented guys. And, and I think – and I don't know, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk with Fields right now. Up in, it, That stuff's crazy to me. But we'll, we'll try to stick to the – we'll go through the rankings. But, you know, I, you see Lawrence, and obviously now what the Jets have done, and we can get into that right now because obviously they're taking Zach Wilson from BYU. Everybody's been saying it. Made the move, get Darnold out of there. I like that move for Carolina. I thought it was a really good move. I, I've seen enough – good plays from Sam Darnold and good games from Sam Darnold that there is something there for sure. You know, Sam Darnold's his own worst enemy, whether you want to blame Adam Gase and the coaches or the talent around him, he does turn the ball over too much. He does make very questionable decisions and he did that at USC as well. So is that going to change in Carolina? Well, they're hoping it does, but having Christian McCaffrey and the, the receivers that they have on that team, I, Sam Darnold has every shot to succeed for the first time, I think, in the NFL. And I, so I thought that was a nice move for Carolina. Hey, Jets, they want to move on from him. Fair enough. Joe Douglas, the GM, didn't draft Sam Darnold. He came in after that. So now he gets his guy, Zach Wilson. And, and when you watch Zach Wilson, you see everything you want to see. Athleticism, arm strength, playmaking ability. The, the, the question I have playing at BYU is he played behind 
a really good college offensive line and didn't really face a lot of pressure. Um, he wasn't having guys coming at his feet. He didn't have to make those throws under duress that you want to see quarterbacks make. And I just, I think for him, that's going to be his biggest challenge in the NFL is how is he going to handle the blitzes and the pressure that he's going to see and how quick of a decision maker is he going to be to get rid of the ball. But as far as the, the physical skill set, Zach Wilson is gifted. Let, let's dig into that trade and, and that prospect then. Yep. I mean, uh, had the same thoughts as you, Jim, with Sam Darnold. You know, it, going back to your point, I'm making NFL throws. I mean, he just made those difficult type of throws and difficult type of routes at USC, and he still did it with the Jets. You know, I, I know, like, a guy throws over 1,000 passes like he has. You could say we've seen enough. You know, he's not good. He's not what everybody thought. But I tend to do a lot of excuse-making with this one. I mean, the Jets are a dumpster fire. The coaching has been abysmal. The supporting cast has been atrocious. They've just been a dysfunctional franchise in every way you can define a dysfunctional franchise. Like, we talk so much about situation and fit. And I just love how honest you were about the Patrick Mahomes situation. Like, if the Bills do take on Patrick Mahomes, like, what happens? He's he's so good, it, it would have worked out. Like, okay. I think we're in agreement there. Like, he's just – he's so good, it would have worked out. But, like, he would have had to work through a Rick Dennison, David Culley, you know – Tutelage through through through, through their t- I don't I don't know a quarterbacks coach who's never coached quarterbacks an offensive coordinator with an archaic scheme and you know the Zay Joneses of the world and the Deontay Thompsons and the Kelvin Benjamins it's it wouldn't have been ideal and and you know the Jets situation it, it was worse than that way worse way 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 worse than than that I mean I don't know I I think that he's a good quarterback I think he's a good player and in Carolina with Joe Brady who obviously worked some magic with Joe Burrow at U, at LSU with uh two 1000 yard receivers DJ Moore Robbie Anderson um K- Christian McCaffrey just in 2019 was a thousand thousand guy and I, there's a lot to work with there I I think it's an exceptional move for Carolina and and it wasn't even their first choice I mean they it's pretty obvious they wanted Deshaun Watson if all this didn't happen. And as we've talked about, I mean, that kind of was the Mm. domino, the first domino here. It's his situation in San Francisco and Miami and Carolina, just deciding to move on and and not touch that situation. Um, But, uh, but yeah, love it for Carolina. And I I don't know much about Zach Wilson. I mean, I I see all the highlights that everybody else sees. It's fun. It's exciting. Um, He got the snot beat out of him against coastal Carolina but he, he didn't really play many good teams, too, right? I mean, do you, do you take that into account, the fact that he didn't do – I mean, not, it's not his fault of his own, but in this weird COVID season where you didn't really know who you're going to play week to week, mm-hmm. he didn't play a lot of great teams. And I guess he was incredible, but you got to weigh that into your evaluation. I think you have to just be careful to – don't give him too much credit and don't be too hard on him as well, you know, on the competition because – Study the throws that matter. Study the the throws he's making that matter. And he does things that other guys really can't do, especially on the move. He's very natural. So that tells me that there is a ton of ability there. But the thing you can't predict is how is he going to handle, like we were talking about, what he's going to about to see. He hasn't seen this in the NFL where Trevor Lawrence, he's played against Alabama. You know, he's played against Ohio state. He's seen that's NFL, that's NFL quality coaching defense. So those guys have seen it. 
he's going to, Zach Wilson's going to have to at least, you know, it's going to be one of those things. He's just going to have to get out there and play and, and figure it out quick. And all signs say he can do it when you watch him, but he still, you still have to see it. And, and I think that's what, you know, the Jets obviously see everything else that everybody's seeing. I mean, the talent is, is just evident. How strong is his, is his arm? Yeah, it's, it's plenty good. Yeah. I don't What's think a, any of these guys, mm-hmm. Trevor, Zach, Justin Fields, these guys all have really good arms. I mean, they really do. I, you know, if you're comparing them to, you know, you always think of Mahomes and Josh Allen with arm strength. I, those two are on a different planet. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are on a different planet when it comes to arm strength. But these guys are all very talented. Is there a singular trait? just before we kind of move on from Wilson, mm-hmm. but like when you think of Zach Wilson, like what is that special trait that, that stands out and you say like, that that's why we're going to take this guy second overall. I like his ability to uh, make throws from different angles, arm angles where I saw where he's, he is able to maneuver in the pocket and make sidearm type deliveries on crossing routes that aren't, that's not easy to do. Sometimes he throws with touch. He has the arm strength to zip it when he needs to. I just thought, he really did some things outside of the playbook that should translate to the NFL. And if, if we've learned anything, I mean, that's the NFL today. You, you NFL. better be able to just kind of freelance your way around <laughs> and, and go all over the place. How many plays do we watch with Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes that they're running – Aaron Rodgers, that they're right. running around making plays. It's not the, it's not the coaching. You know, we, right. the coaches do, can only do so much. And plays break down. And what can these guys do once it breaks down? And I think that's what we're seeing is who can improvise, who can do this. And those guys have shown it. Which, I mean, not to jump all over the place, Jim, yeah. I, I, but because I know you don't have this huh. guy at number three, but to go to the number three pick with San Francisco, all signs point to Mac Jones being Kyle Shanahan's guy. And, and the kind of quarterback that you're describing there is not Mac Jones. Mac Jones is incredibly accurate, efficient, ran that offense to a T. I mean, when Alabama's offense was humming, man, I mean, there's just no stopping it. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. It just seemed like it was simplified one-read stuff where it was play is called, Mac Jones runs play, Mac Jones completes pass. That's the kind of quarterback Kyle Shanahan wants. I mean, I, I think Kyle Shanahan is that play caller that wants to be central to everything on the offensive side of the football. He, you know, maybe doesn't necessarily want a quarterback improvising and going all over the place and relying on special traits. It's it's more so like I will put us in the perfect play for the perfect situation. Yeah, I think coaches always want that first and foremost, that you will make the right read. You will get us out of a bad play. You will always deliver the ball on time. That's a no-brainer. I think it's important to distinguish between the quarterbacks who can are playmakers and quarterbacks who are just limited. Mac Jones is right in that on that fence where he's not going to make plays on his own. He's not. Is he a complete stiff non-athlete? No, he's not. I mean, I know he gets he's getting compared to Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Well, those guys are they're just different. Mac Jones is limited movement-wise. He is. But there are plenty of quarterbacks. You don't have to be a special athlete to be a great mover in the pocket. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, 
uh, Stafford even. These guys, when they you watch them maneuver in the pocket and dip away from pressure and be able to make those throws that they can make after they escape in the pocket, that's special. And those guys aren't making plays running, but like I said, they can do it still within the pocket. Mac Jones has to really prove that to me. Can he really make special plays inside the pocket when he's escaping, avoiding that first rusher? Can he can he reset and deliver with big-time arm strength and accuracy down the field? I can't say I've really seen that. I've seen him. I've seen him throw to some special playmakers down the field, Waddle and Smith. That I mean, I hate to say, it, but I mean, let's face it. I mean, he's he's throwing some just. You guys go get it, and let's yeah. you know let's play defense. That's that's how they're you know that's how now does he deliver the ball with accuracy and on time? Does he know the offense? Sure. I that would still seventeen. I think he's played seventeen games. Do I want to say that correctly? Yeah. Maybe I need to look that up. That might be Trey Lance as well. Like a one-year, really full starter at the position. Yeah. You know, Cam Newton got crushed for that at Auburn where he played one year. But Cam was just so different because he was just a, you know, hey, here he is, mold him. You know, yeah. he can figure it out. Where this Mac Jones is going to be, you know, he is going to be depending on how good Shanahan's offense is, how quickly he can pick things up, which all signs say he can. We've all watched the NFL. I always think about that Chiefs Saints game this year when the oh. Saints just pounded Mahomes and it didn't phase him one bit. He still found ways to make plays. You know, can Mac Jones do that? Can he take a beating, you know, and still make plays? That's something I think we'll have to see. Fantastic breakdown. In I no- just can't, it's hard for me to just say just because the Niners take him at three that he's just going to be a franchise guy. I mean, I think the tape should at least, you should at least see evidence on tape to back it up. And by taking a guy like Mac Jones at three, you're basically saying he'll be fine in our offense. I don't, you know, I don't care that he can't move or create, but ask any defensive coordinator, any defensive coordinator, are you scared of a, of a quarterback that can't run? Promise you what they're going to say is no, I know exactly where he's going to be. I'll take my chances. That used to be a added bonus to quarterback play, right? Oh, he can run, he can improvise, he can maybe get get a few yards when a play breaks down. Now, now it's it's almost prerequisite. You better have something to your game. You, you better have some of that juice, unless you're Tom Brady. <laughs> like right, and Brady, you know, and and those guys like Brady. I mean, you watch those. I mean, a lot of that stuff is still he's still throwing the spots. They still have guys open, so it can be done, but. You don't want to make a living off exceptions. And, right. you know, we're talking about Brady. We're not talking – everybody else that we talk – Aaron Rodgers, these guys can move. You know, it's – Mahomes can move. You know, Deshaun Watson can move. Josh Allen can move. And that's where the future – you know, it, this is where it's headed right now. So, I, it's hard for me to sit there and, and feel confident in a quarterback that can't create or, or at least scare a defense a little bit. Plus, he had all that talent around him. I mean, you have oh. to take that into consideration. I mean, Little both bit. of those receivers can go in the top ten. Running back, offensive line. I mean, everything is elite at the college level. They're all elite college football players. Well, let's go right into the quarterback that you do like more than Mac Jones then, Jim. I mean, Justin Fields, and, and man, we all saw it, right? I mean, that Clemson game, you want to talk about a guy that's getting the shit beat out of him and, and bouncing up 
I thought it was a clean hit. I hated that that guy got thrown out of the game. It was vicious. It was violent. Agreed. Agreed. It was a good old school hit. Yep. And uh, feels, I mean, to stay in there and deliver the throws he did after that, I was sold right then and there. I When I watched that tape uh, last week, I watched it, and I just couldn't believe it. I mean, I'm texting my friends. It's, I'm like, this is nuts. I mean, he's making throws into coverage, hurt, down the field, accuracy, zip, um, decision-making, on time. I mean, I will say that, you know, you watch his full slate of games. He does hold the ball a little bit. He does take some sacks that you would hate, you know, that you would like to see, hey, just that wasn't needed. He didn't need to take that sack, get rid of the ball, or somehow come up with a way not to be, that be a negative play. But Cam Newton was like that. Cam Newton, when some of these guys are so special athletically that they don't think there's such a thing as the play's over. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they think they can get out of anything. And these guys really, a lot of times, Ken, we've seen it with Mahomes and Josh Allen. You've, we've seen the plays where it's like, there's no way. How did they get rid of that? Well, Justin Fields has some of that in him. And he, I mean, to see him run that way, I mean, 230 pounds, and then his pro day runs a 4-4. Now, you don't draft a quarterback for that reason, but come on. I mean, I, as far as the physical skill set goes, I just I didn't see anything that he can't do. I, I just really admire him. I admired his toughness, how he left Georgia, um, and really wrong. He should have stayed. I mean, really, oh. they should have picked him as their starter. And he leaves Georgia where he wanted to be, goes to Ohio State, takes them to, you know, it's like, what else, what evidence do you need? What else do you want to see from the guy? Like he did everything you could ask a college quarterback to do. I just wonder, are we missing something? Like, is there something out there on Justin Fields that, that isn't seeing the light of day? Cause that happens with prospects. I, I don't know. I mean, there's, it's just strange that, yeah, that, that the talk around him is what it is right now. I mean, it's, I know Dan Orlovsky just got killed for criticizing him, but you know he's not he's not just pulling that out of nowhere. Like he's he is talking to people, like that's coming from a a place of of knowledge. And then he, obviously he backtracked, and you know they the pitchforks came after him. And I, I totally disagree. Obviously disagreed with what he, I, I love Justin Fields too. But my point is like, are we missing? Is there something else out there that we're, we we just don't know because it is strange. All these gifts, all the statistics, all the highlights. He checks every box, it seems. Every box. Every box. And I think I think you're right, Tyler. I think, and this is the hard part, being on the outside now, not being on the inside, is where when you don't get to be in front of these guys and really dig down with the coaches and watch them break down their film and learn offenses and how do they, you know, just how do they speak football. If you're not in on those meetings, it is hard to guess. So you see a guy like Fields who, okay, maybe the criticism is he holds the ball a little bit long. I, I noticed it. I thought he could get rid of some plays. But I don't think that's from a lack of not being able to read a defense. I just think sometimes he's trying to make more plays than he right. should. And that's how I look at it. But like I said, if you're not sitting down in front of these guys, it's hard to say. So maybe some of these teams do have concerns, and we just don't know that. But the film – the film tells you he can play. You know what I love about Fields? It just seems like he plays in slow motion, but in a good way. Like he he makes everybody kind of play at his speed, and it just like it, you know he's just kind of a smooth operator, in and out of the pocket, doing what he wants when he wants. 
nothing's rushed, nothing's hurried, and yet maybe that you know that that slowness. People might think, all right, how does that translate when things are quicker in the NFL and decisions have to be, you know, quicker? But I'm with you. To me, it's a strength. Like, you know, that's kind of how we always come back to Mahomes, I know. But, like, <laughs> he, he has his own speed, and he, he can kind of speed it up. He can slow it down. And it, it's, a, it's a rare kind of sixth sense that quarterbacks either have or don't have. Fields plays hurt against Clemson, Alabama, and plays – Really incredible in both games. Alabama, he played really well. Um, even though they lost. The Big Ten may have not played football this year if it wasn't for Justin Fields stepping up. Yeah. At, at, you know, and here's that's what you want. You're going to be the face. You want to be the face of an NFL franchise. You got to be willing to take it all on. And I think he was willing. Not he was willing to go out on the limb and say, "No, we want to play. Let's go." gets it done, he's not afraid. I just, I don't know what, I. this one has me confused. I don't know what people, what they want, what else they want to see from Justin Fields. I just wonder how far he slides now, too. Oh. You know? I mean, Atlanta, no Atlanta's kind of on the clock right now, and we'll see what they do. But, like, you know, teams are kind of choosing their quarterback now. So, what, so think about that if you're Atlanta – so if it goes like we just said, Mac Jones goes three. You have Matt Ryan for at least one probably this year, maybe even another year. You know, Matt Ryan is actually playing well enough where you can he win. Is. He is. He's not shot. He's not yeah. shot. Do I think he's I mean he's certainly not gonna get much better at this point, but he's, he's not, not shot. shot. He's not shot. No, he's not shot. He's close. He's, he hasn't that that limp isn't too bad yet. Like when you, like Ben Roethlisberger and Breeze and those guys to me, Philip Rivers, they were shot. I don't see that with Matt Ryan yet. Their offense was pretty lethal this year. Um, but that being said, you do need to plan for the future. Matt Ryan has maybe one more year before you need to think about it. So, God, I just don't know if you're Atlanta and Justin Fields is there, right from your he's right in their backyard, right in the backyard. Wild stat on Matt Ryan, just just pulling it up here. Ten seasons in a row of 4,000 yards. I know it's not the accomplishment that it used to. That's still, like, remarkable. I mean, ten years in a row of throwing over 4,000 yards. And you're right. I mean, last season, he he, he, 407 completions. No, 626 attempts, but that's still 65%. He, he was remarkable. I mean, 26 touchdowns, 11 picks, um, 93.3 rating at the age of 35. I know they went 4-12, so, but you can't really put it on him. It where, where you get in trouble with Matt Ryan at this point, and he's never been, obviously, he's never been a, a mover, you know, but he is very, very limited right now as far as movement. And – I did notice this year as far as, you know, he, he did try to make some plays just getting rid of the ball because of the pressure and, and maybe he was forcing some things, but I'm telling you, he is a top 12, 13 type quarterback right now, this based on this past year. And I think he has that in him for one more. Um, but if you, you know, this is the hard part for Atlanta. You got a new GM, new head coach. You want, you got to start. And if you believe in somebody, whether it's, 
Fields or Trey, whoever you believe in, if you think he's going to take you to that next level, you got to take a quarterback at four if you believe in that guy. You don't have to force it, though. Got it. I mean, th- this is this is what makes football fun. I mean, these yeah. decisions. This is for a these good teams, one. This is a, this draft is a fun you know, one. This is a fun one. I mean, there's so much on the line for these teams making these decisions and everything. You know, and it's so easy to sit here now and to just drool over every one of these oh. guys and say, "Oh, they're all unbelievable. They'll all turn your friend." Like you said, history suggests otherwise. History suggests there's going to be some busts, and you're you're either going to like hit the bullseye, and everybody keeps their jobs, and everybody makes millions of dollars, and life is good, or everybody's out of a job, and it's all based on this decision at quarterback. It really is. It's it, and and that's that's why I want to come. I just want to make sure that we're we're doing a good job. Like I don't want to be that guy that just says, "Oh, he's he's special. He's special. He's great." Right. It, it's not that easy. Like, there's a lot that goes into quarterback becoming. I mean, Deshaun Watson and Mahomes weren't finished products coming out of college. They weren't. And, you know, they developed and their staff did a great job with them and they had great players around them. I mean, let's not, let's think about it. Deshaun Watson had some great players in Houston, you know, before they got rid of them. But, you know, Mahomes loaded team. So, it takes it takes a lot, like, and that's why we were kind of defending Sam Darnold, where he went to an opposite situation, you know. So, and I look at what the Bills did with Josh Allen, you know, they've really yeah. done a nice job surrounding him with talent. So, I, I just feel like there a lot more goes into it than just the guy. But to sit there and not at least bring up some concerns that you have with quarter, I like guys have flaws. It's okay to talk about it. I just don't think it's that. It's okay to talk about what the concerns are. No doubt. Totally agree. Um, so, man, next quarterback you, hit me. Trey well, Lance, right? So this guy – all right, so Trey Lance. I This was hard. I didn't have – I only was able to watch two games on him. I have tape on all the other players, like, the you know, the, the college tape. Um, but I was only able to see two games of Trey Lance kind of on YouTube. I watched them. So it was the best I could find. And I did last year's – um, national championship game that he played in against uh, James Madison. And then this year he played one game only central Arkansas. And he was, to be honest, he was terrible. Okay. So he was awful in that game. So, okay. I go back and watch his James Madison game. Well, they're not running an NFL offense. I can promise you that he's not making a lot of NFL throws. What he does do is he's got a cannon of an arm. He throws the deep ball beautifully, um, but that's really the only types of throws I saw him making other than he's keeping the ball and running. And I saw him miss a lot of NFL throws where I, I thought those are throws you should be making. You should be completing these throws where he's missing guys on the run. Um, I think he's more of a straight line athlete where he's, he is a strong runner. He runs through tackles. He has good speed. He's not special with it, but it's good for a quarterback. It's very good. Um, but he's not a special make you miss type athlete. So he's, you know, he's going to run through you. But the history of that in the NFL says buyer beware. You you, you don't want to be taking hits. You're you're going to lose that battle. So I feel like with Trey Lance, you are basically drafting him and saying the future, the sky is the limit. We are going to develop this guy. You are you are taking on a huge developmental project, in my opinion. And do you have the guts to do that in the top five of a draft? A guy that's played at North Dakota State, you know, I, Carson Wentz. Obviously, we we spent a lot of time with Carson Wentz, but I saw him making NFL throws. I saw him delivering the ball on time 
with accuracy, you know, intermediate to deep balls, not just the, not just the long ball. And I just haven't seen enough of that from Trey Lance to sit there and say, what are you seeing in him that says he's going to be the guy? Now, if you can take him and definitely, he definitely, I think, I shouldn't say definitely, because I always say that he should sit a year, but watch, he'll come in and play and be rookie of the year. <laughs> but I just, to me, once again, there's nothing on tape to back up you drafting him with the third or fourth pick to be the face of your franchise. I haven't, I don't see it with him like that. Now, I'm not saying he can't develop it because you do see the tools, but even when I watched his pro day, he missed some of those kind of deep crossing routes, deep ball throws where, and I don't really care about that. And I don't care about pro days, but it was just, I'm looking for more evidence. I'm just looking for more, you know, more to feel good about him. I love his toughness. Obviously the guy's been, you know, doesn't turn the ball over. They win. So there's a lot of good qualities with Trey Lance. I just need, I, I just would need to see more to say he's yeah. our guy moving forward. Man, that, that that's so true. That's, it's, it's, uh, and it's, I'm sorry, Jim, go ahead. No, I'm, I didn't want to, I'm just saying, I don't want to come across like I'm just crushing him because I'm not. There's obviously ability, but I really believe you need to dig down on these guys and find who's making the real throws in coverage, you know, and spotting the ball because that's what you have to do in the NFL. So the the one game that he did play was a thirty nine to twenty eight win over Central Arkansas. Uh, Trey Lance comp- completed fifteen of thirty passes for one forty nine, two touchdowns with an interception. It's five yards per attempt. Now he did run the ball fifteen times for mm-hmm. one forty three with two scores. Yep. So, and you're in when you see that it's always tough to figure out like, all right, when this college quarterback is putting up great rushing numbers, like how is he doing it? And, and how is that going to transfer? So you're, you're, no. you're not seeing like the make, make you miss kind of stuff. It's, it's more Which straight line right. trying to and roll people over. Exactly. And that worries me where, you know, because, you know, you, you can't take a franchise quarterback hoping he's not Cam Newton, you know, was six six two hundred and fifty 250 pounds. Right. And Cam had a little more wiggle, a little more like, like, like slither to him in, in traffic where he didn't always take hard shots. Um, and he started to, as he slowed down a little bit and then it just wore, you know, his body got worn out. I just, I don't see, I don't see Trey, I don't see Trey Lance making guys miss. So that tells me, okay, he's running away from guys. You're not going to run away from guys in the NFL. You're not going to run over guys in the NFL. I just don't believe in that. That's not why I'm drafting a franchise quarterback. So I just feel like I, I, I didn't see enough on tape to give me that confidence and, and like I said, I only did those two games. And it was so, you know, I don't want to sit there and use that as an excuse, but I would have concerns taking him that high. Well, it is kind of strange. I mean, it's a unique case that you're, you're trying to make a decision on a quarterback who played one game last year. I mean, he hasn't played meaningful game live getting – he hasn't gotten live game reps much at all since 2019. And he was great in 2019, but, like, that's got to be out. a concern. Well, so Tyler, think about if I came to you with, you know, the two resumes, okay? You don't, you never watch either guy play, right? That's always a fun game to do. But I give you Justin Fields' resume, okay, at Ohio State, and I give you Trey Lance at North Dakota State. Now, what do you think Justin Fields? How do you think he would play against Central Arkansas? Would it be fifteen for thirty, and an interception? 
because I saw Justin Fields play against Clemson and Alabama and play a lot better than that. So I guess what I'm saying is wh- where does it – how does this get and, – and this is the hard part of evaluating these guys, but how is there any debate between Justin Fields and Trey Lance? How? Because I guess he threw 28 touchdowns with no picks in 2019. I get it. It's against yeah, you know, no, it's Youngstown fine. State and Missouri yeah. State and – and you look know, at no the highlights thinking. and watch his YouTube yeah. highlights sometimes. You're going to just see deep balls of guys wide open, running wide open downfield. And yeah, he dropped it on him. He's a good arm. But, I mean, that's like that's like maybe, you know, you might get that 10 times a year in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. Now, the one, like, uh, high-end comparison that you hear for Trey Lance is a quarterback that you were around early in your scouting career, Donovan McNabb, the way he's built the way he kind yeah. of moves around a little bit. Uh, any uh, glimmers of, of Donovan mm. McNabb and Trey Lance? You know, I heard that one too, and it's the build. They, they look very similar. Um, they're yeah. build. They're strong, um, big arms, uh, kind of a longer release a little bit. They both have that. So I do see where the comparisons are, are there. It's just Donovan was – See, to me, Domin was a special playmaker with the ball in his hands, you know, a little more than Trey is. Um, Trey Lance might throw the deep ball. You know, Domin threw the deep ball pretty well, so I shouldn't say that. But and he does. Trey Lance does do some good things. But McNabb just did – he did so many things to escape pressure, but not running the ball, but then making throws after he escaped, you know, and making incredible throws where he's torquing his body and delivering things where that's not easy to do. And I just – I, you know what I thought Trey Lance looked like to me more coming out of college was Colin Kaepernick. Wow. And I think when I say that, Kaepernick was faster. They were both kind of straight-line athletes, though, where Ka- Kaepernick wasn't a big make-you-miss guy. He could just run. And Kaepernick had a little funky delivery, a little different than what you used to seeing. Big arm, could whip it. Um, but that he reminds me a little more of Kaepernick than McNabb. I like that. I, I didn't haven't really even thought of that. Um, so, is there a fit for these guys? Like, what what fits? Mm-hmm. What situations? So we know, you know, Lawrence is going to go to Jacksonville. Wilson will go to mm-hmm. New York. Yeah. Mac Jones, barring a surprise, is going to San Francisco. So, so Fields, mm-hmm. Lance, um, where would where would you like to see them go? I mean, where, where could they succeed? Uh, Atlanta. I mean, I'd love to see Fields in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, trade Lance. That's a good question to see where he could develop and not be pressured to play year one or year two. That would be the type of team I would look for for him, where can he sit for a year or two? And I really believe that. And nobody wants a guy to sit for two years, right? You can live with one year. So I think you have to probably be realistic and say, where could he go for one year, sit, learn, and then take over the team? That would be – I'd have to – off the top of my head, I'm, I'm thinking of teams that might be um, – trying to think who's picking – the problem is the team's picking high. They need these guys to play. You know, they don't necessarily have a year to sit. And So True. that's the hard part for Trey Lance. I mean, if he comes in, if Atlanta takes him, maybe that is a good situation in Atlanta for him where he can sit behind Matt Ryan and develop if they feel that conviction on Trey Lance developing. I like that a lot. I mean, that, that seems like a perfect spot. It could be. So I solicited some uh, some questions here. Oh yeah, let's go. yeah. So, so that. I figured that, that cool. could be a good spot. Unless you, you want to hit on anything else with um, those are the main those, guys. Those are the five. Is there anybody those else the worth guys. mentioning? You know, Kellen Mond. Uh, Mond, I, I 
I hadn't studied enough. It didn't jump out at me. Um, Trask, I watched from Florida, looked like a good backup to me in the NFL type quarterback where he, you know, he can deliver the ball a little bit, but pocket guy, um, didn't seem like a big time playmaker to me. I, I, no, I know, but I didn't, I didn't study all of them. I I can't, I did, those were the guys I kind of concentrated on because that's what everybody's talking about. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, loyal. Loyal, loyal, go along and subscribe. Ryan Mira, who's oh yeah, oh just Ryan's a great back. dude, hilarious on Twitter, even better, quote unquote, in person on our Zoom happy hours. I love it's this so question good. a lot. I mean, and I wanted to ask you this earlier too on on this episode. Um, he asks, Jim, I'd love to hear you talk about the process of scouting QB prospects on film. So yeah, I wanted to ask you that too, like how, like you get film, how you break it down, how long it takes. All of that, and then on top of that, he asks, "What traits, skills do you look for? How important is footwork when you see a bad throw or play? Can it scare you away from a prospect?" Bad throw or play, no. If you see it, if you see it, you know, multiple times coming up in different games. If you see the same type of, how did he not? You know, he did that last game. How did he not see that? That would be concerning, but everybody has bad. Hey, LeBron James has bad games. You know, everybody has bad games, bad plays. So don't don't get too upset with that. What you really need to do, I think, when you evaluate any player, especially quarterback, but find the guy, find the plays that matter, like we were talking about. Footwork, yes, huge, huge. How's he resetting in the pocket? Mm-hmm. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, watch their footwork. It's it's really almost. You, you won't find guys that do it better than Breeze and Brady. You know, the way they can maneuver in the pocket, reset their feet and torque their bodies and make big throws. You want to see that type of thing. Um, evaluate the throws that are NFL throws. Look for the guys that are zipping the ball into coverage, not forcing it, but getting it there, which means they delivered it with anticipation, accuracy. You know, they're not giving away where they're going with the ball. They're not throwing a lot of interceptions. I just think those are the things you really have to look for because otherwise it's hard. If you're like you said, if you're just going off stats, Trey Lance should be the first pick of the draft, you know? Like Yeah. yeah. How are you watching film though? Like how are you getting like so, full game film beyond YouTube with those other guys and like I don't want to give out my yeah, I don't want to give that's out true. Uh, oh yeah, don't I give, can't out, give out my guy but he, he he was a guy that was a guest on our Go Long podcast. Um, okay. was able to hook, okay. was able to hook me up with a, you know, with, with some tape this year and was very thankful to him. So that's awesome. But yeah, I love yeah. it. But that, I am lucky enough that to have a guy like him help me out. And, um, I was able to see last year's and this year's tape is pretty cool. Which it should be noted how fresh and original and important that is because it only gets worse every year. The group think and the YouTube think and everybody watching the same highlight reels and coming to the same conclusions and everybody, everybody's great. Everybody's phenomenal. And did you see that throw? Did you see this throw? You don't get the full picture. I mean, you're getting the full picture watching every snap and it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's these, these are the times we live in, I guess when the draft season is year round and, you know, everybody can just pull up a YouTube clip, but like you got to dig a little deeper to really, really understand what makes these quarterbacks tick and what and what their pros and cons are. And it matters. It does matter what teams they go to. I mean, we've talked about that. It it, just, it does. It plays a part. Totally. And who's the staff? And is the staff? Are they a veteran staff? Like I, 
it, it shocks me that the, the New Orleans Saints have not been able to draft a quarterback knowing for the last, you know, you, however, you knew you, you have to get one eventually. You know, yeah. you knew Breeze. Just, you know, I give the Patriots some credit for taking Garoppolo like they did that year because they took him thinking this was going to be Tom's replacement in a couple years. Like they really thought he was on the downslide or, or he was going to, whenever it was time, and they had their guy. And, man, the Saints haven't done that. And But I guess what I'm saying is I'd love to see the Saints. I, I, I would love to see – well, I guess we might see it with Jameis Winston this year. But what, <laughs> what, can, what can this staff, this veteran coaching staff do with a good offensive line, a really good offensive line? What can they do with a young quarterback? I'd like to see that. Lauren Cox, great dude, does some great work himself. He asks – who is the Leroy Brown of this oh. draft class? So when I when I put this out, you know, I obviously had to throw in a Jim Croce reference. So, you know, I like that. We'll welcome all Croce questions. It's a Croce friendly podcast. Um, who's the baddest man in the whole damn draft? Well, it's hard for me not to say that this Kyle Pitts from Florida. This tight end is going to be. He's just going to be a nightmare for every defensive coordinator and. I didn't study enough defensive players because when I think of bad men, I think of Khalil Mack, our boy from uh, uh, Tampa this year, the linebacker um, that we love uh, from LSU. Devin White, yep. Devin White, I'm sorry. I was drawing a blank. But those are those are bad, bad men where, you know, Kyle Pitts is a bad man because you can't cover him. And I don't know how you match up with him. I don't know what teams are going to try to do with him, but he is nasty. In every He breaks off routes. And just leaves guys. I mean, his hand, he just snatches the ball. His catching radius is huge. He runs away from people. Uh, he can out jump you. I mean, it's, you're, you're good luck. Like, seriously, good luck <laughs> trying to match up with him. So, I like that, it. That would be my pick. I like it. I don't know if and he's that, the bad. Oh, sorry, go ahead. God, the only other guy I was going to say that I watched on offense is that uh, Jamar Chase from LSU, bad man. Just, I'll throw a sleeper of a bad man at you. How about Jared Patterson right there at UB, the running UB, back, baby. five foot six. All he did was, you know, run for 300 yards against Bowling Green a couple times. And, you know, not very tall, but, man, he's a, he's a brick shithouse, and, and he can move. You know what? I want to – you know what, Tyler? Let me do some – let me study him a little bit. That would be a good one for us to um, get into. I don't like talking about guys I haven't looked at too hard. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't mind studying. Maybe that'll be a good for yeah. Let me look at him a little bit just to get a feel for, especially for the you know the Buffalo crowd and see where awesome. he stacks up. A teaser of sorts. I had a nice conversation with Jarrett last week. So and that's where that's headed. Then we'll have a we'll have a story. Where's he, where's he from? Uh, he's from the D.C. area. Oh, I like that. I like yeah. That. Yeah. Let me let me just get you the exact details that this is working. Uh, fuck. Yeah, Maryland, Glendale, Maryland. Yep. Um, he's cool. he's friends with Chase Young actually. Uh, but but yeah, obviously humble, soft spoken, ultra ultra confident. I mean, this is somebody who dominated in high school, dominated in college. You know, he just hasn't. You know, he didn't get the offers, isn't getting the attention because of his size. Obviously, there aren't a lot of five foot six guys. You know, in the NFL, but like the numbers, the numbers are what they are. So. Um, that, that should be uh, up at Go Long. I want to say next week uh, we'll, we'll have that story up. I think we got a couple yeah, more questions. Oh, I'm no, I'm going to make sure I – so I'll follow you up on that so we can have some good discussion on him. 
Let's do it. I think we had a couple more before I forget. Um, you kind of did answer this. Uh, Mark David, great follow, great loyal podcast listener. He asks, Jim Monas has always said he loves a good gamble. That's true. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, which quarterback from the class of 2021 would you bet everything you own to be a bona fide all-pro franchise quarterback? So, number one rule in gambling is don't ever bet everything you own. <laughs> First rule. So, I will you never bet close, everything. Well, yeah, that, that, I'm just going to say that Gonzaga game didn't make me happy the other night. I, I, I feel like my whole life I hear about Gonzaga is every year they're predicted to make the final four and win a title. And I, whatever, I got caught up in the Gonzaga mess this year and they, oh. they broke my heart the other night. But okay. I wouldn't bet everything I own, but I would have a tough time after Trevor Lawrence passing on Justin Fields at quarterback. I just, I, there's nothing that's showing me that he's not going to be just, I, let alone you're just getting a tough, like he's going to, you're going to get everything he's got. You know, I, I just, and I've seen everything he's got. I mean, I saw it against Clemson. I saw it against Alabama. I saw it for two years in the, like he, Northwestern, Indiana, those weren't some of his best games this year. Look up where those teams ranked on defense. Northwestern and Indiana were top 10 defenses in college football. So he's going against, yeah, I guess that's kind of my point is he's played against the best of the best. Right. And succeeded where I don't see that with the other guys all the time. So, I, you know, for me, I'd roll the dice on Justin Fields. Are, are we just talking quarterback? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I would mean, go it, Justin. That, I would go. I'd roll the dice on Justin Fields. He wasn't even really that bad in that Northwestern game, from what I remember. I mean, he had it wasn't, like, I counted like two plays where I was like, all right, those were, he might have forced two balls, which you could find a quarterback that does that every game. Yeah. So I, I just have a tough time. This this stuff on Justin Fields, I'm I don't know. I just think I, that would be my gamble, and I've lost gambles before. So was it a was it a tough loss to take on the Gonzaga? Yeah, that one hurt a little bit, gut yeah. punch. But hey, you gotta get back on the horse. We got Memphis, <laughs> got Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies tonight. <laughs> Doing a little shoulder shimmy. I like it. Whew. Oh man, well that's a good spot, Jim. I mean that was Cheers, one Tyler. hell of a good, breakdown. Man. You you can't get that anywhere else, man. Jim is just <laughs> I mean, you've got a sharp eye for this stuff. It's it's fresh, it's different, and uh it is unbelievably appreciated. So thank you for, for doing that nah. for the listeners here, Jim. It's fun. Yeah. I, I, this is gonna be a fun I know Bill fans are probably this AFC now, the AFC East is just wild. I mean, it it's fun to see think Josh Allen's by far the best in the division, right? And what the hell is New England going to do? What the hell is New England going to do? You know, is Tua going to be any better? Uh, is Zach Wilson the answer? You know, so it's if you're the Bills right now, you are just your chest is out and you're you're dra- you're picking what thirtieth and take the best player and just keep smiling. <laughs> All right, well, thank you everybody for for tuning in. We appreciate it. Um, we'll be back at it on the go long podcasts and the happy hours and the stories all that all that right in your inbox actually going to be taking a bye week on the zoom happy hour this week but we've got some great guests lined up for uh after this week so i hope everybody can check it out jim thank you cheers Tyler.